once again, and welcome to episode 114 of Be Boomer Unleashed. Just good news, journal entry number 12. Before we get into today's episode, let me remind you, as I always do, where you can find our podcast. You can always find us at beboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at Be Boomer Unleashed, on iHeartRadio at Unleashed. And on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram, you can find our link at Be Boomer Unleashed and on Twitter at Be Boomer Unleashed One. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at Be Boomer Unleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's Be Boomer Unleashed at gmail.com. And uh, give us your comments, your criticisms, your suggestions for future episodes. And if you'd like to be a guest on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast or know somebody that should be, just uh, drop us a line and we'll do our best to get you or your best friend on Be Boomer Unleashed. Well, today's episode, episode 114, is part two of the interview we did last week with Nisha Freeman. And as she talks about her ministry uh, with Lewis Memorial Baptist Church of the Backpacks and Brown Bags. And uh, Quite some interesting stories she had to share, and we're going to finish up that uh, interview today. So without further ado, let's go to part two of that recorded interview with Nisha Freeman right now. And he did get sent to prison for a year and a half. Well, after he got out of prison, he cut off the ear of a neighbor's dog, and I have looked up this information, and it is true. She's not exaggerating. And uh, he served five years in prison for cutting off the ear of a neighbor's dog, but only served a year and a half for raping his daughter. So, you know, that messes with your that's mind. That's messed up, you know. That's, that's, that's just messed up. And so when you've grown up to believe that you have, you've, your value is less than the ear of a dog, that kind of takes a while to get over. Um, but we've, we've got one girl that we pay for her counseling. We've got a one of our girls crowned. She's uh, she got a Habitat for Humanity house two years ago. She's taken all the steps that she needed, and she's now a homeowner. And you know, it's just it's very exciting. Now, most of the people think that the prostitutes have their children. the The ones that we know that are working the streets, their kids have been taken away. You know, they're not going back. They're home and they haven't left their you know three month old in the room while they're going to prostitute a lot of that is might be true in other places but for here it's a little bit hollywood um so you know it, they've already lost everything but we're we're wanting to our, our verse for the brown bag ministry is haggai one five through six and it says now therefore thus saith the lord of hosts consider your ways you have so much and bring in little you eat but you don't have enough you drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put in a bag with holes. And the reason we call it the Brown Bag Ministry is we want to fill that bag with an endless supply of the Lord. That it doesn't have holes in it. That that you can, he can transform your life. And we have amazing stories of how they they do um or how he does transform their lives and how their lives have been transformed um there's always a a comma in my stories or a indent to the next paragraph um we it got me on corky hammers who i grew up two doors from he grew up two doors from me he called me one day about 
five years ago, maybe six now. I'm not good on keeping track of time. And he said, I need you to go to, you need to come to hunt drug court. I was like, Corky, buddy, I love you like a brother, but I'm, I'm maxed out because now my little, you know, 40 minutes helping the Lord, helping out the Lord. <laughs> it just turned into <laughs> once a week we go brown bagging and now we have a hundred and, you know, 18 kids 15 kids instead of 12 and now we're into four schools so now i've had to call in reinforcements so you know i'm blessed to be a realtor where i have gaps in my day and the lord fills me quickly so i stay out of trouble when i'm like oh man i got an hour to kill the lord's like watch this (laughs) (laughs) so um I ended up on Huntington Drug Court team. I went one time. I was not going to stay. I just want to see what it was. I was really only going because Corky told me to. And what they had done was there were so many prostitution arrests that they were starting a drug court specifically for prostitutes. Um, and, you know, I, I knew all the prostitutes. And so they wanted to ask me if I would kind of join so that when the girls, the prostitutes came into drug court, I had already formed a relationship with them. So I became, uh, unbeknownst to me, I was becoming a part of the hunting drug court team. And um, I've been there ever since then. I have, I mean, I'm kind of there every week. And uh, they, what was happening in Huntington was they were arresting the prostitutes, but they weren't arresting the Johns. The Johns is the men that pick up the girls. Right. And... For a year and a half, because uh, I was keeping track of every arrest, and I can tell you the dates, and I can tell you who was arrested, because I was getting madder by the minute. Um, they arrested 98 women in this year and a half time frame, and they only arrested one man for picking up women, and I was just getting more furious by the day. And so when the girl was getting arrested, they were the news just happened to pop in, you know, obviously over somebody giving them inside information because they were showing up for all these prostitution stings and the news was there with the cameras to watch the girls get in the back of the paddy wagon and the news was there to show them sitting on the magistrate court bench and then Herald Dispatch is picking it up the next day and posting their mugshot and telling you their name, telling you what they did and telling you their age. But there was never anything about the men. Uh, There was a couple times in the newspaper Herald Dispatch had like, um, Jane Doe, 26 years old, uh, arrested for a sexual act, and then she, she, they would say what the act was uh, with a 66-year-old married man. And they gave her name and age and said what she did and that she was with a 66-year-old man. She was arrested, and he was released on his own recognizance. So, you know, that even fired me up more. So I would make posts like, oh, if you're married to a 66-year-old man, you might want to go get health department and get checked. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I became a little bit of a vigilante for the girls. They love it. They, they love it that they've got a, what people consider normal um, voice out there fighting for them. But um, on drug court in 2000 and about 16, uh Elaine McMillan uh, came. She's from West Virginia, McDowell County, and she was doing a a documentary on called Recovery Boys. And she was needing some stats and some facts. And West Virginia or Huntington's drug court is one of the most successful in the United States. 
and it's the largest in West Virginia. And we have, I think what sets us apart from other drug courts is, is we have, I'm considered community. And then there's about 15 of us that meet every week. And we talk about the participants that we're getting ready to see. And then we see what they need and what can we do to help and what can we do to change and what direction do we need to take them so that their lives can be changed. And Elaine comes and is observing drug court and she meets me and Jan Rader and Patricia Keller, Judge Keller. And for some unknown reason, she starts videoing us. She doesn't know. And we really don't even know she's videoing us either. And then she contacts us a couple months later and she goes, Hey, I don't know why I'm, I'm needing feeling to video you all, but do you care if I, we come back and we just tape you doing different things? And she took, you know, followed Jan around on some stuff and the judge and she came to church with me and came to Sunday school class and, you know, hung out at my house and went brown bagging and stuff and her and her husband. And then the next thing, you know, she contacts us and says, uh, I'm going to tell you all, because, I mean, I, she didn't think it was going to go anywhere, but there was a, a TV's documentary people got emails saying that they wanted a documentary made by a woman about women making change. And she said, you know, I thought, well, I've already got all this footage. I'll just send some. Well, she goes, I hope y'all don't care that I did that. She did, you know, ask after she did it. <laughs> and, you know, we were all like, well, I mean, I don't know, I guess. I mean, that's not going to, we don't care what's going to happen of this. I mean, we're just people doing what we do. Well, then she calls us, calls us a couple months later and she goes, y'all aren't going to believe this, but Netflix wants a documentary is picking this up. So... It became the Netflix documentary called Heroin. It's H-E-R-O-I-N, and then in parentheses is an E. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple months later, I get another call, and she goes, y'all sitting down, y'all been nominated for an Oscar. So <laughs> <laughs> we made the top 50 cut, and then we made, like, the top 10 cut, and then we made the top 5 cut, and two years ago, this month, I was sitting at the Oscars. Um, so we didn't win, but... We did win some Peabody's and some other awards that were documentaries, but it's it's been an amazing, amazing opportunity to be able to be on NPR radio and set at the Oscars and been to Washington, D.C. a couple times and spoke at colleges and all these different formats that, you know, Jan's, Jan's talking about, you know, reviving people and judge is talking about trying to restore people and i'm telling people hey if you want to be redeemed jesus is the way so uh i've been able to freely talk about christ in unbelievable ways uncensored because of the documentary so that's that's been a the highlight for me is you know we don't always get to talk about jesus without being heckled but uh not one time has has anything negative come of of what I've been able to speak about with the girls and how, you know, I got here was because the Lord cleared a path. Isn't it amazing? You know, uh, Jesus is the big separator. Uh, you know, there's no middle ground with Jesus. Either you got to love him or, or you, or you don't. And, uh, 
people who choose not to. And, you know, we as Christians, you know, we've been told to occupy until he comes, to stand in that gap, to fill that gap until he he comes back. And, and you know, we all have an obligation to do that. And, and you know, you're able to go out and, and, you know, even judges and attorneys and all those people see that, wow, you know, this program with uh, with Jesus is you know, giving some help and some hope to some of these girls. And at the same time, we've got a poor little old teacher up the road in Milton that uh, mentions Jesus in the classroom and some atheist YouTuber once they're fired. You know, I mean, so it's it's a battle. It's a warfare. It it, it really is. And, and, you know, we're, I've always felt like Christians were the minority, even though we live in the Bible Belt. You know, when we were growing, when I was growing up in the seventies, going to Soldier Christ Baptist Church, we went out every Saturday. We thought it was cool as a youth group to go out every Saturday and pass out tracks door to door. Well, sure. Well, you aren't going to do that in twenty twenty one. No, they get uh, shot or they'll call the cops oh, on you or something. Well, they you know. call it exactly, exactly, and and I I do think that um we don't talk about hell enough. No, we you don't. Know? We talk about Jesus is the way and the truth and the and the life and the light and all that and He is and it is so true, but we we want to talk about the streets of gold, but we forget to talk about the people screaming and yelling for eternity in hell, yeah, never ending eternity. And um, and God, Jesus is a righteous judge, and and God is jealous. God is a, God is a God of love. There's no doubt about that. I mean, He. He, he doesn't have to do anything to prove his love to us. My goodness, he gave his only son to die for my stinking rotten sins, you know. But he's also a jealous God. You know, you go all the way back to the Ten Commandments and it says, you're not going to have any other gods before me. You're not going to do that. And he's a, he's a jealous God, and these, these little pipsqueaks that want to thumb their nose at God, and they want to say, well, I'm in control. You know, I don't need God. I, you know, let's, let's squelch all these Christians. They're second-class citizens. You know, I pray for them that they get saved. But if they don't, one of these days they're not going to be so high and mighty. You know, Satan is mighty. He is mighty. He, it's not, you know, there's only one Satan. He's not on now. No. He, he is not, he doesn't know all. He doesn't, he can't do all. But he's a big deal. He's a big deal. He is, you know, God is almighty, but Satan's mighty, guys. And we, we allow him, I mean, me, I'm the first one. I mean, I'm a sinner. That's for sure. I do it every day and, and I'm not perfect. And I can, if I don't want to tell you my flaws, I guarantee you there's some people in line that will shout them out for you. But we just, and sometimes what Satan loves is that we don't do anything. Right. That we are, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to be 58 next week. My two children are saved. My two, my son-in-law and my future son-in-law are saved. You know, my siblings are all saved. My my in-laws are all saved. You know, all I'm not safe with that. I mean, yes, I have security that my, the people that I love most in life are saved. But what about my person across the street? And what about the person down the street? And what about the prostitute? And what about the kindergarten kid? And, you know, just we can't just we're, we're so used to living in a co- we, Christians live in a COVID life. Oh, yeah. You know, we go to work. We sit in our cubicle. We come home. 
we don't even use our own front doors. We come in the garage, right. we close our door, and that's what we do. Yep. But that's not what the Lord wants us to do. The Lord doesn't want us to just go from our cubicle into our garage and into our house, and that's it. You know, we've we've got to, if you are saved, there is somebody you're supposed to reach. Right. Somehow, by your actions, by your words. You know, I, I am not, I don't, I'm a seed planter. I know that that's my gift. I'm just going to grab some Jesus seeds and I'm going to sprinkle them wherever I can sprinkle them. I don't need to go back and count. Now, did you accept the Lord as your Savior? That's not my gift. But you have to be satisfied that maybe your gift is a seed planter. Right. No, I'm not a, I'm not a Sunday school teacher. I'm not a, that's not my gift. Like I said earlier, I've taken every personality test and I, I don't even score on teaching. <laughs> but I'm kind of like a life teacher. Right. You know, come on, hold my hand and let's go. Let's go. But, um, or just, we just want to just stay to ourselves because that's what's safe. And if you're a Christian, that's the least safe place you can be. Absolutely. It is inside your own four walls. Well, you know, um, we've been told, uh, you know, that we're going to be witnesses. Once once Jesus lives in our hearts, says you're, you're to be witnesses, you know, at home, abroad, everywhere. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about the guy that was through this big dinner and he invited everybody in and finally says, go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. And people, people keep saying, I just can't believe Jesus hadn't come back yet. Look at the world and the shape it's in and all that. Well, he's long-suffering. He's patient. He tells us it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Mm -hmm. And so we've got people out there, whether it's the guy next door, whether it's a prostitute down on 6th Avenue, whether it's uh, somebody at the Chinese restaurant or at Walmart, wherever it might be, we've got somebody that needs to hear about Jesus. Now, you know, we Christians, we, we live in this bubble. We think, oh, everybody's heard about Jesus. Everybody's heard oh about gosh, Jesus. Jerry, there's yeah. people, there's some of my brown bag girls that hope. I remember asking her one day, do you know who Noah is? Because this is light bulbs that was going off for me because I was raised in a Christian home and went to Christian school. But, you know, I've always worked in the secular world. But right. I was like, everybody knows who Noah is because, my goodness, every, you know, back right. then, every nursery had Noah's Ark in it, whether you was saved or not. You put Noah's Ark with two animals, you know, right. giraffes sticking out on the kids' walls. And she had no idea who Noah was. And these girls, you know, they just, they didn't grow up in the church in Huntington, West Virginia. Not everybody knows that church is Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Right. You know, they didn't even, the only thing they ever had was a vacation Bible school because they looked at it as for five days a week, they was getting Kool-Aid and cookies. Getting some Kool-Aid and cookies, yeah. And, yeah. you know, back when uh, back when bus ministry was in its heyday, and, you know, we made some mistakes, you know, back in the day. And, you know, you'd have seven buses from seven different churches going through the same government yeah. housing project to take kids to Sunday school. And the kids would actually come to the door of the bus and say, what are you giving away today? You know, uh -huh. what are you giving away today? Well, if you were given a hamburger and somebody else was given a steak sandwich, you know, you, know, you kind of lost the battle there, you know. But 
you know, we, I don't, I really don't think we have much time left to get people in the fold, you know. Um, and, you know, when my heart blew up back on May the 3rd, and I've been working on a little book called Totally Out of Control, and, you know, we as, we as individuals, uh, we think that, wow, we, uh, we're, we're in control of this. You know, the big, the big byword now is, I got this. I got this. No, we don't have it. Mm-hmm. We don't have it. And, and without Jesus to hold the world together, our, our head would explode. You know, I mean, if, if, if not for him holding the, the earth together, the earth would explode. You know, I mean, it's just... But people don't get that. People don't see that, you know, there is a higher power. You know, when I taught... Uh, yeah, that's one of the girls. You know, you go to, her name's Patience, for multiple reasons. Uh-huh. I learned Patience <laughs> through her. She is exhausting. She was exhausting, but now she's the one at the tiny house and doing amazing. And she's it, it's she loves her name. At first, she, one day she was like, why has everybody got these names? Like, hope and faith and love, and I've got Patience. And I was like, well, you figure it out. <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> but um, you know, she's taught us so much on just being consistent with what we do. Right. Just, just you can't go, like you said, the bus ministry. You can't go to the inner city housing project one Sunday and expect to reach somebody. And I do think that's something that some of the churches, and I don't, I'm not going to name churches because no. I, don't, I don't know them, but I just know that Christians want to, they, it's like going to the city mission. Everybody wants to go to the city mission Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, sure. Well, what are you going to do on June the 3rd? Right. You know, what are you going to do on February 7th? You know, I can remember when the teachers went on strike and, you know, don't badmouth the teacher because my daughter is one and I'll I get pretty hot and heavy on those, those kind of discussions. But, you know, everybody's saying that the, the teachers didn't deserve this and the kids are going to starve to death. Where are you on spring break? Are you feeding? Are you worried about feeding them kids on spring break? What are you <laughs> thinking about summertime? Are you feeding these kids during the summer? You know, we only go into something until it gets hard, and then we're like, "Oh my gosh, you mean I got to do this every Saturday?" Right. Ooh, Sunday. I'm not getting home till two o'clock. Ah, you know, and then we quit, and that's not. That's that's where we. That's where we fail as Christians is when it gets, if you just like stay 10 more steps, the Lord's going to say, show you what your faithfulness brings. You know, my oldest daughter was in a really bad car wreck in 2003 and almost died. And and it was a long year. And the whole time I just kept thinking, what do people do when they don't have the Lord? How do you survive this stuff when you don't have the Lord? And unless you have the Lord, it's hard to explain. How does an unsaved person bury their child? Yeah. How do you do it? How how I just I don't know how some things are just so unconceivable to be able to live through if you don't have the peace and the love of the Lord to help you through it. Yeah, and then and then you've got these. Uh smart alecks out there, for lack of a better word, you know, something happens and they'll say, how can a loving God let that happen to somebody? You know, come on now, give me a break. You know, but, yeah. but you know, God's not just a rubber stamp. God's not just, a, you know, a, a 
toys or us where you can go and get what you want, you know. world filled with perfect people, there would have been no need for the cross. That's right. That's right. But it's, uh, you know, one another thing I think that Christians is sometimes the Lord doesn't want us to speak. Yeah. Sometimes our biggest, strongest voice is to do nothing. You know, you know, fools, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Well, he even tells us, he says, be still and know that I'm God. Yes. Yes. One of my favorites, one of my favorite verses that I have to remind myself of is Exodus 14, 14. And it's the Lord will fight for you. Right. You have only to be silent. Right. You know, because sometimes we spend half of our time yelling back. When you're yelling, nobody can hear you. Yeah. No one listening when you're yelling. So take a deep breath. Step back and and let the Lord take care of it. And he says, don't return evil for evil. He -hmm. says, provide things honest in the sight of all men. Live as much as life in you. Live peaceably with all men. And uh, he says, basically, he says, kill them with kindness. And uh, when it comes to the vengeance, he says, vengeance is mine. I'll repay, saith the Lord. You, you know, it's not our job to do that. Our job is to try to be as much like Jesus as we can be. You know those little old rubber bracelets people used to get, WWJD, yeah. what would Jesus do? Uh, if we lived our life asking that question before everything that we did, our life would be a lot different. You know, there'd be a lot less road rage. There'd be there'd be a, there'd be a lot less unkind words and conversation. There'd be a lot less unkind thoughts if we tempered everything with what would Jesus do. But yeah. you know, and I think our our words as Christians are held to a stronger level. You talked about the teacher that uh, was at Midland or middle school or whatever. You know, what I found totally disturbing, I'm I'm not going to give my opinion on what she did, but what I found so disturbing is the man who did a YouTube or something on it and his language. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that was so, first of all, it was offensive for me. He used the F word in every part of speech, I think. What he was saying about God. He wasn't saying. He wasn't saying GD. No. He was he was damning God. Sure. And I mean, this like I had a fear for him. I mean, yeah. sir, what are you doing? You have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. You have no idea what you're doing. I mean, it's just it scares me. And there's and there's, there's a lot of them like that out there, you know. But so. if you if you go read your Bible, and you you know there's part of it I don't understand. I'm not. Greek. I don't know Greek. I know the, I know the uh, Greek, uh, Greek alphabet because Mr. Smith taught us to it in school, and I can sing it to a tune. <laughs> but but I, I couldn't tell you what any of the letters are if you put them in front of me. But I can still sing the Greek alphabet pretty cool. Um, but if you, the Lord will reveal Himself in His Word that you can comprehend it. Right. Whoever you are and whatever it is you need to comprehend. And some of the biggest lessons the Lord has is teaching and has taught me is on speaking, not speaking to you, but just even tempered. Right. Don't get caught up in it, Nisha. Don't get caught up in it. 
Yep. So don't get caught up in it. It's not your fight. Just leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that I'm stepping away. It's that I'm let I'm stepping out of the way so the Lord can do it. Right. So it's it's but we've we don't know when the last day is, um, but and we don't in the last day is going to be when the last person is saved. Yeah. I just have a lot of people that I love that aren't saved, and I just want I want my people to be there with me. Yeah. And so when people are like, Lord, come quickly, I'm like, oh, Lord, wait, my friend's not saved yet. Yeah. You know, it, it's because there's going to be a day and a time that there that there's no more chances. And it's just. Oh, I know. We've we've got we've Sherry and I have been working with a young lady uh, who grew up in communist China and uh, come a long way, but she's still not saved. And um, uh, my heart just uh, crumbles. I mean, she was raised as a Chinese communist, atheist, you know, and she has certainly come a long way. But close is only good in hand grenades and horseshoes, you know. And uh, I, I just, my heart just breaks at the thoughts of her not going to heaven with me, you know. And uh, we just need to need to have that burden for folks. Well, and the brown bag women, once once we get to a certain point with them, and we're like, how did you get here? And when you listen to the story of how they get there, then you realize how hard it's going to be, and it's going to take time, some years. Right. I mean, these girls we've been with since 2011. Right. Because they have been sexually abused by a man. Sure. And now we want them to believe in God, who is a man figure. Right. <laughs> that, that they can't see that's going to tell them how to live their life. Right. You wow. know, that is that is a big hurdle for somebody that's been abused their whole life to say, he is a loving God, and he has a path for you that is good. And sometimes the only way that they can get it is by seeing us continually there, continually holding their hands. And they're like, why are you different? And I'm like, you know, it's what we've been telling you all along. It's the Lord. It's yeah. the Lord. But, you know, when you with the women trying to get them to believe in a man that they can't see, that's going to totally change their lives <laughs> and tell them what to do. It's like, oh, we. <laughs> I understand. Hey, uh, uh, Nisha, as we close down here, uh, if somebody wanted to find out more about your ministry or if they wanted to volunteer for your ministry or donate uh, items or money or whatever, is there is there? do you have a website, a Facebook presence? Do you have anything? Do they contact Lewis Memorial Church? What do they do? Well, they can, they can contact Lewis Memorial Baptist Church over on West Pea Ridge. Um, we also have a Facebook page called Backpacks and Brown Bags. Okay. Um, I post there, uh, like I just made a post this past week on we needed food items. You know, we haven't had the kids all during COVID, but we've had one amazing, um, it's not, it's a parent partner. It's kind of like a counselor. It's a new position. I don't know exactly what their titles are, but the school system has come up with this new, like, go-between person. Uh-huh. We have one um, that's at the high school that we are just in love with. She has done uh, amazing things with us being able to reach out to these kids. 
And she kept the 20 high school kids going all school year, and she hand-delivered those bags. Wow. Because those kids got fed. But then we got a call on Thursday saying, hey, the alternative school wants to bring back their 12 kids. So we hadn't supplied our shelves with the snacks and stuff that we normally do because we, we didn't want them expiring. So we were just kind of keeping the bare nubbins. But we're starting to get back to our full numbers. And I, I made a post this week about these are some things that we need. And so if they go to backpacks and brown bags, that's where I will say we're out of Pop-Tarts. We need some Capri Suns. Does anybody have a does anybody have a dresser drawers? Uh, we've got a we've got someone that is getting an apartment for the first time in their life. And when we do that, we're not they're not coming off the street today and us getting them a place tomorrow. Um, some of them have gone through the drug court program, which takes a year and a half, and they're ready to live, get out of the city mission transformers program and get their own apartment. And so we're helping them get set up with things like that. That you know and if you give, this is one thing I want people to know, no matter who you give to, if you give broken people broken items, what you're doing is telling them that they are broken right. and they're not good enough for new. No. So don't give them your good stuff. Give them good things. Towels. Yeah. I mean, sometimes your towels you just need to keep to wash your car with. Don't right. give them to somebody that's got holes in it. Your coat that you don't right. want any longer because it's got a hole in the pocket. Well, sew up the pocket and give it to somebody. Don't give broken people broken things. So when we help people get set up in an apartment, they get, you know, they get new towels. They get new sheets. They, they. I mean, I love it when we give them the, the pillow protect. We give them new pillows and the pillow protectors and the and uh, the new sheets and stuff. And they're like, what do I do with this? I'm like, guys, this is to protect. And they're like, what? I mean, they haven't even had a pillow, much less a pillow protector. <laughs> so uh, there's... There's times that I will go on there and say, this is what we need. And anybody wants to contribute and I'll need a crock pot, you know, I'll need 15 things to help somebody get set up. And sometimes there's ways that I'll just say, Hey, uh, Grace needs a new set of teeth and they're $700. And if you want to PayPal, you can PayPal here. So, uh, cause we, we do, um, need help sometimes. And we know that people are very generous and want to give. And sometimes people, just you know need to know how to do it and where to do it but it's backpacks and brown bags it's a white background with um a bunch of circles that go down that are actually the word kind of if you think about it it's the wordless base bracelet collars right okay and you can follow us there and of course you know I, you can google my name and you can you can find me okay people that's found me <laughs> i understand so backpacks and brown bags on facebook and you can go there and find a, a laundry list whatever you want to call it or ways that you can help and i'll post when i need something okay. sometimes it's crazy sometimes i just post on there telling you something awesome well nish it's been a pleasure being with you today and it's so uh, so wonderful uh, uh, what you're doing and and the folks, the volunteers. By the way, I'm I'm interviewing your mentor Barry Smith in a few days. Going to interview Aww. him for a future episode. He's going to uh, share his testimony. He doesn't do that often, and uh, I, I pulled upon our friendship just a little bit to uh, encourage him to well, do that. I told him I thought some people would be blessed by that. So, would you ask Mr. Smith who his favorite student was? Okay. 
I'll ask him that, but I won't do it on air. Okay. <laughs> he said it on Facebook one time. I made a comment. He said something, and I was like, "Yes, I always knew I was your favorite. You finally admitted it." <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Well, thanks again. Let me tell you what. He's gonna have some. He's gonna have a crown that's hard to carry. Just. Oh I mean, my goodness. This all started because Mr. Smith called and said, hey, you want to go do some Jesus in the hood? And now we've got backpacks and brown bags and drug court people. And we've, Lewis has bought a house down on, or an old church down on 8th Avenue and 16th Street. And we're turning it into a, a ministry building and we're feeding first responders once a month. Because let me tell you what, pray for your first responders. Oh, my. You know, they never get any accolades. And so we're getting ready to start up a, a um uh, recovery program there and do some outreaches. Our teens are getting ready to do a a clothing pantry specifically for teens. They've designed the website, designed the QR code. They've got it set up where like if if you need clothes and you're like sixth, fifth grade, middle school, high school, then they have outfits set up. Like you get two pair of pants, four shirts. Here's all the different ways you can wear this. You, it, they pack it up, they take it to your school counselor. Of course, you're getting a plan of salvation along the way. That's our main purpose. But there's a lot of things happening down in that building, too. And it's all, you know, this is all started because Mr. Smith said, hey, you want to go do some Jesus in the hood? There you go. So, hey, watch out. If he asks you to do something, you better take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he and I, we and I go back a long, long way. But, long uh, way. Yeah. doing Jewish Bibles. How long? Oh, long time. Well, listen, sister, uh, uh, it's great, uh, great to talk with you. And, and if you ever need anything, uh, if you got something else you want to talk about sometime, give me a call. We'll, we'll put you on the podcast. You. Okay. You take care. All right. Thank you. Bye. Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed our interview with Nisha Freeman with the Backpacks and Brown Bags Ministry sponsored by Lewis Memorial Baptist Church. Well, uh, next week we have Brother Barry Smith with us and uh, sharing his testimony and some of the great things that God has done for him as we continue our series on Just Good News. We hope you'll join us for that episode, but until then... Have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.